this isn't going from today and through to the 31st of December, uh, but it is going for five Sundays. This is going to be the last teaching series, but it's going to be the longest. And uh, there's a good reason for that, is because I think God wants to drill uh, very deep uh, into what we're about to, to go through over the next uh, five Sundays. Um, so it's going to go from today right through to the last Sunday of November, and then we start December, it's going to be Christmas themed, and we'll have different messages, we're going to mix it up, we've got all different types of fun, festive stuff all through the month of December, and then obviously we're going to have our service before New Year's, which usually has a really strong prophetic edge to it, about uh, looking at what God's going to do in 2019. So exciting things ahead. If we can bring up our slides for our... Uh, the, s- the start of this new teaching series called Transformation Time. Everyone say Transformation. And, uh, you know, last Sunday we were blessed. We had our guest speaker, Mark Johnson, who gave his testimony. One of the key things that was amazing, one of the key things that he shared was that he said his walk with God went for a certain amount of time, but then he slid back into his old uh, life. And he said one of the most critical factors, he actually went through a program Uh, called transformation Uh, after he backslid so he said yes to god but backslid even went into some uh, some darker things than what he ever ever was involved in before and then when he came back to the lord for the second time which really was the pivotal key for his life really being transformed and him now walking in victory and now even ministering uh in the church and around uh, all different uh, locations and places But for him to experience true transformation, he said this. He said, actually having his mind renewed was the key to him being transformed. And the Bible talks about this, that transformation comes from the renewing of the mind. And so this uh, teaching series is going to look at not just what Scripture says about renewing the mind. We're going to teach you being a teaching series. Uh, But we're going to do some different things that we've never done before. Uh, nothing odd or weird, but something very practical around helping us uh, to experience transformation and what are the practical keys. So I want to jump into this. Let's have a look at this next slide. Uh, I've got here the picture of a movie that came out quite a while ago um, (coughs) with Bradley Cooper called Limitless. Who here has ever seen Limitless? Uh, It's kind of like one of those cutting edge, a little bit sci-fi, a little bit of a, (coughs) I suppose, a... um, like a drama or an action, a little bit of a thriller as well in a way. Um, But the story is that uh, Bradley Cooper's character called Eddie Mora, he was uh, an out-of-work writer, and uh, he (coughs) had rejection by his girlfriend. His girlfriend's name was uh, Lindy, who was actually um, acted by uh, Abby Cornish. And it really, in that moment in his life, it confirmed this belief that he was a loser. Everyone say loser. He really thought, you know, I'm a loser. I'm out of work. Uh, My girlfriend's rejected me because I'm not getting my life together. I am a loser. Uh, But an old friend in the synopsis of the film, an old friend introduces Eddie to a drug called MDT, which is obviously a made-up drug. Um, And (coughs) it's a designer pharmaceutical that makes him laser-focused more confident than any man alive, clear-minded, with momentum, and tapping into, this is all what the movie highlights, tapping into 80% of his brain that's not normally accessed. Uh, research shows that we actually use only a small percentage of our actual brain's capacity, the, you know, what, how God's designed our brain, that we actually don't use all of it normally as, a, as an everyday uh, average human being. Um, Now, on the MDT-fueled journey, everything to Eddie is possible. So it's an interesting experience for him taking this pharmaceutical drug drug because he thinks he can do it, and therefore he does it, and it happens. And when it comes to uh, this whole story, it's interesting because obviously it's talking about a drug, it's talking about when the person takes this drug, that they have a greater ability in how they think, and based on how they think and what they believe, uh, then they have uh, the results that follow through on that. Obviously, it's a fairy tale. Everyone say fairy tale. 
okay? I'm not going to found the teaching series on this story, okay? We're going to go to some truth and some facts based on Scripture. But it's an interesting thing to look at this story as a, as a way to introduce transformation because there are some similarities to the fairy tale, uh, to what God promises when it comes to our understanding of transformation. And that is that you, when you come to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that God gives you a brand new spirit and a brand new heart. But what he doesn't give you is a brand new mind. He gives you a brand new spirit and he gives you a brand new heart. But the transformation, so what we mean by transformation is when you look at one of the biggest keys of the kingdom, when you see fruitfulness come, when you see promises manifest, when you see things happen that are very fruitful to do with the plans of God, one of the number one principles that will always be relevant will be agreement. Everyone say agreement. There is power in agreement. The Bible talks about unity. Unity is another example of agreement. We can agree with the Word of God. We can agree with the promises of God. That, uh, you know, when we activate our faith, it pleases God that faith is evidence of the things not yet seen, which means that faith is the force, it's the power to shift things from the dream realm or the vision realm into reality. Faith is a force that brings forth your future. Faith is the force that takes things that are not yet seen and it helps them to become manifest so that then you actually start to think those, those things that were not yet seen and they become seen. Anyone excited by this? And so there is what we call a transformed being, a new creation in Christ Jesus that has a fuller capacity, that had a, has a greater measure and understanding of not only the kingdom, but how to take the evidence of thing not, things not yet seen and actually to come into the principle of agreement and to make those things become manifest. You may be wondering, why are the Christians on planet Earth who have a new spirit? They're like, oh, Holy Spirit. They're like listening to the Word of God. They, the Spirit on the inside of them, which is their, their new spirit. They're born again of the Spirit of God. They come alive to the Word of God. They love hanging out and spending time with the presence of God. They love worship and they have a new heart. There's things about the world that they no longer like the idea of. They have a hunger and a desire to want to come and be, uh, you know, turned into the new things of their life. But sometimes, and I'll change the word sometimes, many times, in fact, I'll change the word many times to a lot, we see a lot of Christians who are spiritually charged because they have a new heart, they have a new spirit, but they have misunderstood the critical journey of renewing their mind that actually brings the transformation that God promises. And over the next five weeks, I want to help us to not only have a really strong revelation of how critical is this thing called renewing the mind so that you individually can enjoy actual transformation spiritually? But also, I want to help unshackle people from the very frustrating place that is being excited by the things of God, even being switched on by the things of God, being turned on by the things of God, and yet never really coming into the full taste and measure of what God has for you because you keep missing the fact that it's not just about how you feel in a worship service. It's not just about how motivated you feel from hearing the word being preached, but it's about you having the desire and having the responsibility and actually taking a hold of the word of God and identifying things in your mind that are in disagreement with the word of God, identifying them and pulling them down and displacing them with the truth to come into a full agreement so that your mind becomes renewed, so that your mind and your spirit are in agreement that takes evidence of things not yet seen in your life that the word promises and makes them manifest so you start to break through and you start to walk this powerful, transformed life. That process, though, is not just an event, church. It's not just a season. It is your life. For the rest of your life on planet Earth, you are going to continually have to renew your mind. So I'm not just talking to a new Christian here today. I'm not just talking to a baby Christian. I'm even talking to the most seasoned Christian in the room. I joke about, you know, lasagna tastes good when it's fresh, right? 
doesn't taste so good if it's five or six days old in the fridge and you nuke it. It still can kind of taste pretty good depending on your standard of what you like to eat, right? <laughs> but even seasoned Christians are feeding off revelation that they sowed in their life six years ago. It's not really fresh and they wonder why they start to feel a little bit mundane in their walk with Christ. Everyone say limitless. Everyone say transformation. So let's have a look at this scripture, one of the key scriptures, Romans 12, 2. And do not, do not, do not be conformed to this world. Now that right there is not just about a moment or a season in itself. That's even again talking to the most seasoned Christian in the room. Because sometimes we can start to fall back into being conformed. Starting to believe what the world defines as success, rather than actually again being refreshed with what the Lord defines as success. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. I'd like to personally inject in front of the word transformed, but be continually. Another word is be frequently. Another word is to be consistently, to be transformed, but having an understanding that it's not a one-off event. It's a continual process, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, the word renewing is not just a one-off thing. You don't just have your mind renewed, ding, tick the ticket, now where's my trophy? Hi, my mind is renewed. I've gone through that particular project with Christ Jesus. On to the next thing. No, that project is always going. Everyone say, it's always happening. The renewing. The renewing of your mind. That, that. So there's a reason behind this. Not because it's a nice, cute idea. There's something that God wants to do with your renewing and your transforming. That, 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 you may prove. Faith is evidence of things not yet seen. But when the promises, when the word manifests and becomes a reality, you can then see it. That you may prove evidence that is seen. The word of God, the promises of God that have gone from the vision realm into the reality realm. That you may prove what the will of God is. The will, the plans, the purposes, the ideas about your life. When he formed you in your mother's womb, he already had an idea. He had a plan for you, the Bible said. Even before, not while he was forming you, before he formed you, he had an understanding of his plan, his will for you. So do not be conformed to this world. Why? Because it will be the antidote to your transformation. Why? Because it will be the blockage that will stop you from being able to come into the manifestation of the full will and plan and purposes of God for you. That's why you should not be anchored to the world. But uh, get off that brick wall that tries to boom, cement you. To its formation. It tries to boom lock you into what is that understanding of who you're called to be. No, you've got to take yourself off that framing of the world and move with God so that you can be transformed. So that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good. Oh, it's good. So, so good. Tastes good, smells good. It's good. The whole flavor is good. It's good and acceptable and perfect. What? It's perfect? How is it perfect? How could that be perfect? Everyone look at my nose. <laughs> my nose is not perfect. Right? 
but because it's imperfect, it's perfect. You're like, where are you going with this? Sarah's like giving me that look, honey, this has gone a bit too left field. In your weakness, God is. In your journey of stumbles, fumbles, hiccups, mishaps, falling over, gracing your knee, getting back up, there is many, many signs of your imperfection. But in your perfection, God is able to, on that journey, reveal his perfection. So on your journey of transformation, it glorifies God because your journey actually reveals God's perfection. His response to your imperfection reveals his perfection, his heart, the fact that he's for you. So even though your life isn't going to be perfect, your journey of transformation actually reveals the perfection of God. That which is good, you going from strength to strength, glory to glory, even through your mishaps, you going and being transformed and getting victory and maybe having a, a bit of a falter to step back, but continuing to, to do this thing called renewing your mind, renewing your mind, fighting that good fight of faith, the battle of the mind, casting the enemy off, telling the stronghold to, to step down under the authority of the word of God. No, I'm no longer going to believe this. I am able to do all things through Christ Jesus. You keep telling me, devil, or you keep telling me past that I can't, but I can. And in that moment, to God, that's perfect. Because it glorifies him and it reveals his perfection, that his word is doing something in you. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, good, the good fight of faith. Acceptable, that when you're on this journey of transformation... You're continually being accepted and you're being made perfect in Christ. Meaning, even though you're not perfect, your whole journey of being made perfect is an example of the perfection of God because it's his response of grace and mercy in the blood of Christ towards you. Now, I could do a whole kind of theology lesson on that, but let's just say amen to that scripture. We agree with that. Let's have a look at this next slide. So let's have a reality check here. Renewing the mind. Whatever you hold in your mind will tend to occur in your life. If you continue to believe as you have always believed, you will continue to act as you have always acted. If you continue to act as you have always acted, you will continue to get what you have always gotten. If you want different results in your life or your work, you have to change your mind. The Bible says transformation comes by the renewing of the mind. Transformation. Anyone here wants some part of your life transformed? Anyone? Okay. Some of you are like, oh, do I want to put my hand up? Can I give you a hint? That attitude's not reflected of really wanting to be transformed. Anyone here wants some part of your life to be transformed? Good. If you know the person next to you, still don't raise their hand, just nudge them a little bit. Maybe they've fallen asleep. Let's have a look at this next scripture. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Let me talk about this. I'm going to start to pick up the pace. Everyone put your seatbelt on. Let's go for a ride. Bing, bing, ding, ding. Like a tram in Melbourne. Okay. Who's ever heard of self-fulfilling prophecy? Let's leave this scripture up here while I go through this. Self-fulfilling prophecy right? The more you say something over your life, the more likely it's going to manifest. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so self-fulfilling prophecy is engaging in behaviors that obtain results that confirm existing attitudes or thoughts. So a self-fulfilling prophecy is a prediction that causes itself to become true. For example, I, if I believe that I'm going to do poorly in school or university, if I keep believing that, if I keep thinking that, if that thought, I'm going to do poorly, or I don't think I can do very well, I don't think I'm smart enough, I don't think I'm disciplined enough, I, do, I don't think I'm really going to ever break through in my studies, 
whatever your wordings that you potentially you could use. If I allow that thought to become something that I believe because I allow it to like run through my brain like a train track, it become what I call a stronghold. If I believe that I'm going to do Paul in school, what happens is I evidently, I start to decrease the effort I put into my assignments and studying. And I end up actually doing poorly, just as I thought. Although another, sorry, another common example is relationships. I think my relationship with my significant other is going to fail. It was going to be mediocre. It's not going to break through. It's not going to improve. It's not going to change. But if I just keep thinking, it's not, 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 it's not. So I start acting differently, pulling away emotionally, thinking, why should I be bothered? And because of my actions, I actually cause the relationship to fail. Everyone say, ooh. Everyone say, ah. Interesting fact. <clears throat> Economic recessions... Usually there's a percentage of validation around self-fulfilling prophecy in economic recessions. Did you know that? So because a recession is two quarters of gross domestic product decline, that's technically what it means, you cannot know you're in a recession until you are at least six months into one. Think about that. Unfortunately, at the first sign of decreasing D GDP, the media usually starts latching onto that, providing consistent, like a train track. The economy looks like it's declining. The economy looks like it's declining. Dun 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 breaking news. This week again, share prices have fallen by another 2%. Reports say that this is a pattern as if we continue over the next three to four months, we will be coming into a formal recession. I'm Bradford Power reporting for Forever House News. And you hear it, the negative report. We know the negative report came back from the promised land and God said, boing, we're going to take the two positive reports because that's the key to making evidence of things not yet seen manifest so people can actually transition into the promised land. We learned that when we did a teaching series earlier this year called Bridging the Gap. And so the media latches on to negative news, sprays your ears with the signs that an economic downturn is on the horizon. And then you start thinking about, oh, okay. And it starts to manifest all around the community and all around state to state. Because of the negative report. <coughs> the, I'll probably mispronounce this, so please forgive me in advance. The Piacebo Placebo, sorry, I, my, I need my glasses. <laughs> I can hardly see the word, right? I'm just, I'm reading this by faith right now, okay? I haven't got my glasses with me. And the, the L looks like an I, so let's change that. The placebo. <laughs> the placebo effect is when an in, ineffectual substance, so something that doesn't work, right? Let's say I grab a couple of pieces of, grass from behind here out of the lawn and I crunch them up and I and I call them healing herbs <laughs> and I say to someone you know this has the ability to turn this around and you're suffering from that so take them and that person takes something that's completely ineffective substance right so the placebo effect is when an ineffectual substance that is believed to have healing properties produces the desired effect, especially common with medications. The placebo effect has been observed in studies when individuals are given a sugar pill for a real ailment report improvement. So they're taking the sugar pill thinking that it's actually going to do something and the impact of what they believe, what they think, actually has an impact on what manifests. Anyone heard of that before? Right? And so... What's critical is, as men and women of God, we have to understand that our spiritual encounters with God and our walk with God 
has so much to do with our mind. I think sometimes Christians think your mind and your intellect really isn't got anything to do with spirituality. Oh, how wrong they are. The number one relationship that you have in your life, apart obviously from God, but let me make it really pointed here. The person that you mainly talk to in your life is not going to be God. It's going to be you. Now, any religious folk here will go, oh, he just said something that's just incorrect. (laughs) But we don't have religious folks at Forever House, so thank God for that. (laughs) But just in case you were leaning that way. (laughs) My point is this. You have a relationship with yourself. Let's not get weird with that. You do. You're talking to yourself more than anyone else on planet Earth right? And often the reason why a part of renewing the mind is stop listening to yourself and start talking to God so he can give you his viewpoint, which actually is a key to renewing your mind. So increasing chatter with yourself and increasing your chatter. A lot of times people think prayer has to be, right, I'm about to pray. Let's close the windows, (laughs) shut the blinds, close the door, vacuum the carpet, (laughs) get the music perfectly in tune. There's Darlene, there she is, right on spot. Good on you, Darlene, check. The atmosphere is ready, and now I'm going to pray. Thus saith the Lord. (laughs) Jesus. Right? No, prayer is communication with God. When you're driving, you can pray. When you're in the shower, you can pray. We know when you're sleeping, God speaks to you through visions and dreams. You can, before you go to sleep, pray, God, speak to me through visions and dreams. I have this frustration. God, come and help me to uh, dislocate my fear and worry and come and speak to me. Give me a supernatural dream. Lord, I invite you into my dream world tonight. Powerful, right? But as you're getting ready in the morning, talking to God, you know, as you're getting ready, it's like, God, in your mind, it's like, God, or you can verbalize it. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, that your favor goes before me. I thank you, Lord, that today is going to be blessed. But God, I just want you, Holy Spirit, to be invited into my complete day. Because I just want to feel your presence wherever I go today. Because I can't do this without you, Lord. Where I'm weak, you are strong. Right? You know, using scripture as a way to form this atmosphere of faith in your life. And so, um, we understand that all of this is relevant. But a lot of times, unfortunately... We don't put enough emphasis on this. Why? How do I know this? There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of people who don't know Jesus Christ, but read self-help books that teach them that what you think will actually be one of the biggest keys to what manifests in your life. Catch this now. So they learn the biblical principle, not in the Bible, but it's a biblical principle that gets ripped off from the Bible, put in self-help books. Come on now. Now, why do they read those self-help books? I'll catch this. Why does that non-Christian, doesn't believe in Jesus, doesn't worship Jesus, doesn't love Jesus, potentially might, in their private world, mock Jesus, Why would they read a self-help book? Because they have a desire. They have a desire, church. They have a hunger, church. To learn, church. Everyone hear me? To learn, church. What are the secrets? What are the keys? What are the principles to help vision and goals manifest in your life what are the keys to making one's life fruitful now do they go about it and come up with their own ideas do they really care about the purposes of god for them well until they really have a relationship with jesus christ no it's very self-focused but watch this 
There are hundreds of thousands of men and women across this planet who, because they have a hunger and a desire to see fruitfulness in their life, are willing to study the principles that they've learned from other people who are non-Christians who've learned that this works. God's word does not return void. When any human being applies a principle of God, it has to actually manifest what God says it manifests, even if they're not giving glory to God. Oh, let your ear and your mind open up to that. Because on the other side of the coin, church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, there are hundreds of thousands of Christians who worship Jesus, praise Jesus, go to church, read their Bible, and yet live utterly consistent, defeated lives. They live in defeat. I think we just had the pivot point of the message. It just turned. Did you see that? In a good way. Because I think we had 90% of everyone's attention. Now we've got 100%. Now why is that happening? Because many Christians wrongfully believe that their Christianity is mainly based on feelings and experiences that are spiritual. Oh, wow, the worship was anointed today. Got my little fix. Ooh, got my little touch. Ooh, Simon was on fire today. Got my little fix. Got my little touch. And they go in their car, and they drive off, and their thought life may have been touched a little bit by the message, touched a little bit by the worship, but there is no actual strategy of them wanting or actually doing this thing that God says is the, one of the most significant keys for you coming into the fullness of Christ, and that is be transformed by the renewing, 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 the renovation, 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 the upgrade, 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 the upload, 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 the transformation of your mind. Yes, I'm coming to the back here just to make sure you're awake. You all are. This is good. So, anyone getting this? Cool. Let's have a look at this next slide. In other words, we become what we think. If we think positive thoughts, we'll be positive people enjoying fruitful lives. Conversely, if we think negative thoughts, we'll be negative people with no joy or success. Now, there's no reference to Scripture there. I understand that. We very much want to base everything on Scripture. I'm just saying this because... <laughs> oh, please get this. One of the biggest things that's so personally frustrating for me is that there are a lot of people that are in my business network who actually have evidence of this in their life who don't know Jesus Christ, aren't saved, don't have eternal life, but they've got more signs of life manifesting in their world than some Christians I know who worship Jesus every week in church. Oh, come on, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? You want to know why that is? Because the Christians that I'm talking about have got no emphasis, no focus, no priority of understanding, maybe because they haven't been taught, they haven't got the revelation yet, maybe they've kind of just been Christians for two years, or maybe they just don't, they know that they're supposed to do it, but they don't have the level of desire or hunger enough. They'd rather stay comfortable. Do you know what it takes work to renew your mind? It takes work. It's hard work. Oh, but it's glorifly. Not word. It's really tasty. Right? When you see the fruit. I mean, you're looking at someone 
Now, I don't have a perfect headspace. Sarah knows at times I have my moments, right? Still, okay? But one of the biggest things, I th- said this a couple of months ago, is that mental health is a massive issue, more so in the Western world, right? Because a lot of people not in the Western world have got two bigger issues right in front of them, like just trying to find food for the week or water for the week. That they don't have enough time to think about, oh my goodness, you know, what's my purpose? It's like, well, my purpose is to find food and water <laughs> to survive. But in a lot of the Western world, we've got all our basic survival requirements, you know, before us. And so we're trying to find this sense of purpose and we're trying to understand how does my sense of purpose flourish when life seems so mundane and there's no sense of momentum. And yet the Bible says one of the biggest keys to you transforming, for you coming into the fullness of the will of God in your life, is you've got to renew your mind. Um, without naming names, I know that there was a, a young adult a couple of months ago down the altar, and I, I brought a really convicting message around drawing a sand in a line. And they came to the front, and there was a battle. Do you want to know what the battle was? They came, rightfully so, they came and responded because they knew that they wanted to draw a line in the sand. They knew that enough was enough, that they had one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. But when they came to the front, the war that was going on in their mind literally came out of their mouth. And this person was repeatedly, emotionally, and rightfully so, because it was a battle. But kept saying at this altar, kept saying, I can't do this. I just don't think I can do this. I can't do this. I, I, just, I can't do this. 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 And yet God's word says that nothing is impossible with Christ Jesus. And so right in that moment is an example of the battle of the mind. That Christians can be convicted by the word of God, can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, can go to church, can feel a sense of destiny, a sense of purpose on the inside. But when they don't come into the, the, the habit and the commitment and the sense of drive and hunger to actually renew their mind, to actually pinpoint things in their mind. And so right there and then, in that moment, we had someone ministering, and that minister was saying, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Nothing is impossible in Christ. Nothing is impossible with Christ. Repeat after me. And they were whispering it, whispering it in their ear. Come on, repeat after me. What were they doing? What was the minister in that moment doing? The minister was taking the truth, taking the word of God, and literally encouraging that young adult and saying, stop confessing the lie and start agreeing with what the word says and let that to come out of your mouth. Because in that moment, if you do that, young adult, your mind and your spirit will come into agreement. And that's the starting point to the power of God manifesting and breaking through in your situation. Everyone clamp your fist like this. How do you clamp your fist? You have to bring all five elements of your four fingers and your thumb together in unity to create a weapon of warfare. To be able to punch life Punch the walls of life. Now, I know that wasn't a very convincing punch. <laughs> Cody's helping me. I should have got Henry or Jeff or my other brothers up here to illustrate. <laughs> it was an imaginary wall, right? But it's like bringing your spirit and your mind together to fight this good fight of faith. You can't fight with a limp hand, right? You might be able to try to slap a couple of things. <laughs> but it ain't enough. Let's have a look at the next slide. Renew your mind. So we're going to just start this introduction today with an understanding of these principles, and then we're going to activate something and then finish. 
Number one, know the truth and believe it. Okay? So you've got to understand what the Bible says about a situation. Now, to escalate your ability to renew your mind, pick a category of something in your life. It might be what you think about your physical body. Let's go there. What you think about your physical body. What thoughts run through your mind daily, weekly, in your private world about your physical body? What you think about your form, what you think about your shape, what you think about your nose, what you think about your eyes, what you think about your stomach, what you think about whatever. And what are those thoughts? Are they in agreement with what the Word of God says or are they in disagreement? Because if you continue to agree with something that's a lie and disagree with the Word of God, you will not be able to form a weapon of warfare to be able to cast those lies down so that you can stand up in confidence in your image because you are made in the image of God. You are beautiful. You're a miraculous creation. And when you can continue to think those things and start to believe those things, it will start to set you free. So that you can walk into any social, social situation, whatever body shape you are, whatever size you are, whatever height you are, whatever skin color you are, whatever the size of your teeth is, or teeth are, if you've got more than one tooth. <laughs> and you can walk into a social setting with a sense of confidence that you're an ambassador of Christ and you're made in His image and you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. Because then, single people, you will attract people who are not attracted to that sense of insecurity to try to take advantage of you all and be aware there are people who are attracted to insecurities. But no, you will draw and attract that future husband or wife to you that sees the godly confidence in you. And because the godly confidence will actually attract the right person to you. Recognize the lies and see the strongholds. Identify what the lies are. Take one category. How you manage your finances. Are there any lies going on in your head about telling you that you're, you're, you're disorganized with money. You can't manage money. You're undisciplined. You don't like adding up numbers. You don't like reading spreadsheets. You don't even like logging into your bank account because you're too afraid of what you're going to see. <laughs> or what you're not going to see. <laughs> so you're kind of just, cha-ching, oh well, <laughs> I was in there. Ah, <laughs> oh, didn't go through? Ah, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and that lie that would say, yeah, well, don't even try. Don't even, don't even go to that bookstore and, and, and read, you know, buy that book called, you know, 10 Tips on How to Get Victory Over Your Finances. Don't spend $15 of that. No, just keep maxing out your credit card, buying that plasma screen TV or that new iPhone or whatever. No, no, don't go spend 15, 20 bucks on a book that would help you to upgrade your understanding and the reason why you don't want to buy that book is because you keep believing that you'll never, ever get victory over your finances because you are always going to be poor. Pull it out. The Word of God says that you are head and not the tail. You're called to take dominion. Educate yourself on your finances. Tear them down. Tear them down. Now, I don't know about you, but tearing is not a passive act. Right? To tear something
So to tear things out of your mind, you have to anchor to what the truth is, to lock in that grip and then tear away the thing that's in disagreement with it. And then lock in that truth by cementing it in. How do you create a mindset that's godly, that's aligned? How do you set your mind in alignment to the Word of God, in agreement? You've got to, like cement, you've got to layer it and layer it and layer it, and you've got to lock it in. How do you layer it? The number one thing, the Bible says that your tongue is first given to you to create. Number two is given to you to communicate. The primary reason why you've been given a tongue is to create and to establish. You can establish new mindsets by speaking Scripture into your ear and setting it in place after you have torn down the stronghold. And all of this starts with faith. It all starts with hunger and desire to want to renew your mind. Let's have a look at this next slide. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 6. For the weapons of warfare are not physical or carnal, but they are mighty in God, His Word, because God is the Word of God and the Word of God is God. For the pulling down, the pulling down, the tearing away, for the pulling down and destruction, so that it, do, it has no, there's no sinew, there's no cellular connection from that lie to your mind. You tear it completely away. You destroy the connection. Does anyone sense that I'm getting a slightly aggressive? What's well, warfare, folks? For the pulling down and destruction of strongholds and refuting. Refute is connected to the word refuse. When you refute, you deny passionately its access. I refuse. I refute. You're not coming and staying here and squatting here anymore. And refuting every argument. The argument is something that disagrees. If you're disagreeing passionately, you're arguing. And watch this, it's actually beyond a disagreement. It's a justification of the disagreement. That's what arguments are. Come on now. Sometimes the lies in your head will justify why they are true over the Word of God. And that's why they become strongholds. Oh, I know that that scripture is true, but I can't believe it for myself. I can only believe it for that person. Because the reality is I am a loser. Well, you actually are a loser because you keep believing it. Ouch! But that's what's manifesting around you, why relationships are dysfunctional, why things aren't breaking through. Because you are in agreement, you're in cahoots, you're in unity, you're in contract, you're in covenant with a lie. And refuting every argument, theory, reasoning, justification, and every proud and lofty thought that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Sets itself, tries to lock it in. This is why we have to be keep renewing the mind. Keep renewing the mind. And we lead. So now we lead. So we take, when you get that thing, you lead it. Right? You take it from its lofty place. Right? No one's going to love me because of the way I look. That's a lie. I'm made in the image of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I lock in the truth and I tear that lie. And then I lead it, right? We lead every thought and purpose away, away, captive into the obedience of Christ, which means you put it under the truth and you say, you submit yourself to the truth. The truth is exalted above you. You have no power or authority anymore in my thought life. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, being in readiness to punish every disobedience when your own submission and obedience are fully secured and complete. What does this mean? 
which means that when you continue to renew your mind, you understand that you've dealt with something before, but guess what? It can come back. Something can happen in your life, a situation, a turn of events, and that thought that you once had as a stronghold that you dealt with, maybe in a season of renewing your mind, comes back and says, oh, but you should start believing me again because see what happened? <laughs> oh, you say you're made in God's image and that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, but that person just rejected you because of what you wore and how you looked in it. So you go back in front of the mirror and you reconvince yourself that what I said to you originally actually is true. Get real. Right? So being in readiness to punish every disobedience, that thing is disobeying the truth. It's trying to come in. Being ready, being ready, being ready. That disobedience, when your own submission and obedience are fully secured and complete. So when your own submission, when you are submitted to the truth, when your identity is anchored to the truth, and you're obedient, which means that you're renewing your mind, you're in agreement with the Word of God, and because you're in agreement with the Word of God, you believe that things are manifesting around you, but you're ready, because you're fully and secured and complete, in position, you're ready to punish any of those thoughts would, that are in disobedience to the Word of God that would try to come back in again. Who's getting something today? Well, let's have a look at this next slide. We're going to finish with this. I'm going to ask our, um, our music team to come. The whole music team, please. All four members that were up this morning. You guys can get a position. We're going to finish this morning with this little piece of homework, but we're actually doing it here. Everyone turned to the person next to you and said, uh-oh. Turn to the other person and say, I have to do something. So today, we're going to get you to think about and lock in what we call this power thought. What's the power thought? It's a thought that you want to keep thinking. I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ. I can do. I can do. Oh, I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ, which I'm capable of dealing with life. I'm capable of doing what I need to do to get to where I need to go because of Jesus Christ. Everything that I need, everything that I need to be able to be a person of victory is in Jesus Christ. Now, you can be saying this and building this in as a, as a, as a good mindset, and yet your world may not 100% represent that yet, but this is the key. Faith is evidence of the things not yet seen. You've got to start with what you think. As a man or woman thinks, so they are. I can, I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ. Let's have a look at this next slide. So that's the overall power thought we're going to come to in a minute. This next slide. Philippians 4.13, I have strength for all things in Christ. Whoever empowers me, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Everyone read that aloud. One, two, three. No, 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 no. Don't do this. I have strength. <laughs> what does this look like? This, I'm telling you, is what the spirit of passivity looks like. Passivity, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm very passive. Jesus is in me and I am in him. This is warfare, church. Everyone clench your fist. Repeat after me. I have strength. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to help you. So, like at a wedding, right? Repeat after me. You know when Henry and Megan said, I will? Okay? After the priest? Right. Repeat after me. 
I have strength for all things in Christ. Who empowers me? I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Amen. I agree. I believe. It is true. This is who I am. The Bible is speaking truth, life, and power to me. Today, I am and will continue to be in agreement with the Word of God because it sets me free in Jesus' name. Give him some prayers. Let's have a look at the next slide. Let's have a look at the next slide. Transformation time. Number one, how often do you say, this is too hard for me. I just can't do this. Do you say frequently? Do you say it occasionally? Almost never. But how often do you say it? How often do you disqualify in your mind? How often do you tell yourself, I can't do it? It's not going to happen. Number two, which I can't belief in your life do you need to exchange for I can? Think about it right now. Go ahead and take a photo of the slide because I want you to keep chewing on this all week. But today we're going to activate something before we open those doors and go and eat the pizza. Which I can't believe. I can't believe. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't have this. I, I, I can never do that. Which belief in your life do you need to exchange for? I, I, you know what? <sighs> That's a lie. And for the first time, I'm going to discern that that is a lie, and I'm going to grab a hold of it. First of all, I'm going to lock in. It, tear it away. Number three, what in life do you need to begin to believe you can do? What will you now begin to say to reflect your confidence in God's ability to help you to do whatever you need to do? Oh, church, many of you know the story. When I was first became a Christian, I had filing cabinets of debt. I had maxed out credit cards. I had a car that was broken down and I couldn't even pay the mechanic because I had so much debt. And when I went through this teaching... I knew I had to renew my mind in many areas. But one of the key areas was I kept saying this. You're an absolute loser, Brad, when it comes to finances. And you're always going to be like that. You cannot manage money. It was a strong hold in my mind. Oh, it had a very, very strong grip. But the desire in me to see that grip loosened and ripped off was strong because God said, you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I pinpointed it. I called it out. And what I did was I did this key thing. I found a way through the word of God to find out what does scriptures say about my identity with money. And I started to speak it out so consistently. It's like my mouth became a machine gun in the shower, no joke, in the toilet. I was a bachelor then while I was cooking because I don't cook anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Well, I actually don't cook because then no one eats because I'm not really good. We, we position our gifts, my gifts in other places, <laughs> domestically. But I, I got a machine gun to that thing. I am a man of dominion. I'm called to rule and reign in Christ Jesus. The money of this world is a God, but my God is greater and as I exalt my God in my life, He will teach me 
how to manage and take dominion of the God of this world. Because I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a man of God filled with the Word of God. And He is a God of vision who will give me direction. And He will shine light upon my path. And He will show me where to go. For my God has a great mighty plan and destiny for me. And as I continue to renew my mind, as I continue to look at this lie, to tear it down, and to bring it in the captive unto the truth of God's word, then I will be transformed. And can I tell you, within six months, all that debt was cleared. And it all started, church, with the activation of faith, of taking the evidence of things not yet seen. That filing cabinet, I pointed to it. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command that this debt is going to cease. It's going to be paid off. It's going to be eradicated. It's going to be cut off from my life. And I say, I'm shifting from a place of debt into a place of prosperity. I'm shifting from a place of weakness into a place of strength. And I kept speaking it out and speaking it out. I'd get in the car and I'd be like, man, I'm a wealthy man of God. I'm someone who is able to take dominion. I am going to rule and reign over my financial world. In the name of Jesus, I'm not a man of debt. I'm going to counsel these things. And I want to say this to you right now, that this example is not just about money. It's just one example of one little stronghold that represents all the different types of strongholds that you could have. Those four steps. Watch this. You've got to have an understanding to repeat. Now, for me, I love repetition. For those of you who are in my house during the morning, you'll know that Zara has a lot of my DNA because she can sing the same song over and over and over and over and over again. I'm like, ooh, that's my little girl. You keep singing it, girl. Woohoo! And so for me, this fits my natural bent. Because I can just keep repeating myself over and actually like it. She's nodding her head. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't naturally have an inclination to repeat yourself a lot, oh, you need to catch the power of repetition, my friend. One bullet from a machine gun is nowhere near as powerful. Why is a machine gun designed to do what it's designed to do? Because not only is it designed to put a bullet through something, it's designed to spray so many bullets in one area that the holes start to link up to the point where the thing that was the obstacle within seconds completely is torn down. The same is true with the Word of God. You've got to displace the lies with the repetitive decreeing and declaration because what it does is it not only tears that thing down but it starts to set in place the word of God into your life and it changes the DNA on the inside that's the transformation you start to think different you start to act different you start to walk different and therefore the things around you start to manifest this is what we're going to do let's go back a slide two slides to what that power thought was we're going to finish Here we go. I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ. Everyone stand. And we're going to finish after we've done this. I'm going to take you through this exercise. And then we're going to finish with a worship song. Thanks, Troy. Are we ready? Cool. Everyone say this. I can do whatever I need to do. In life, through Christ Jesus. Everyone say this. I can do whatever I need to do in life, through Christ Jesus. Everyone say this. I can do it. Nothing is impossible. I have every resource of heaven inside of me. Let's say that again. I have every resource of heaven inside of me. My mind is going to align, agree with this, that I am someone who can, I will, I must,
Because I am an overcomer. I overcome. I overcome difficulty. I overcome setbacks. I overcome frustrations. I am, I am, I am an overcomer. Now do this, point to your mind. I speak to the lie that says I'm limited. I speak to the lie that says I can't, that says I won't, that says it will never happen because it's a lie. And right now, I tear it down in Jesus' name and I replace it. I displace it with the truth. That is, I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ Jesus. Now raise your hands. Raise your hands to heaven. This right now is just a moment. Leave your hands raised. However you want to do that, be comfortable, but position yourself. I'm going to ask the music team to stay with me. Don't lose that momentum. Let's stay where we were because we're about to go into praise and worship. I can get louder if I need to speak over you. Don't even need to worry about me. You stay with me, music team. Hands raised. This is just a moment, church. A moment where you just practiced what we call renewing of the mind. Now watch this. God's saying that moment, when it links to another moment, and it links to another moment, it does this. God says that the moment that you just activated is like a raindrop. It's like one raindrop. Now, just right now, think, how do you feel? What's the atmosphere around you right now? It's a little bit looser. It's a little bit more energized. It's a little bit more electric. Oh, don't be ashamed of the fact that you're called to build faith in your life. You're an atmosphere builder. You're a climate conditioner. Do you know that God's saying that you are going to shift into becoming a weatherman or a weatherwoman for your faith in life? That you're going to forecast the weather. And the way that you're going to do that is as you start to open up your mouth and you start to speak the word of God. And God says, as you, as you find the lies and you call them out, you displace them with the truth, it creates raindrops of faith. And God says it's just a moment. But God says spiritually, as you connect a moment to a moment, to a moment. It's like building a cyclone spiritually. It's building a weather storm that can shift seasons. It can shift temperatures. And God's saying this, that within that cyclone is a season of transformation for you. So God says, do not let this moment just be the revelation. Oh, that was nice. That was a moment. God says, that's just a taste. That's just, just like a little speck of tomato sauce on a massive juicy hot dog. God's saying, I want you to put all the ingredients together, moment by moment by moment, to build this weather storm that's going to be so tasty. It's going to be so powerful. And God says, I declare today that you are going to say, let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain on your life. Let it rain as you renew your mind. Let the water of the word wash over your mind. Lord, it's going to clean their minds. Lord, it's going to displace those lies. Who knows we need to worship God right now? As in, who wants to worship God? Who wants to pray 